Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. My name is Matt Knowles. Over here to my side is the one and only founder and creator of CFBDynasty.com, Brian McElfresh, and our resident bridesmaid, Mr. Doug Gravely. How you guys doing today, Brian and Doug? Oh, doing good, man. I'm down in Melbourne, Florida at my uh, sister's house. Just a little family vacation for uh, spring break. So a little different backdrop today, but... uh, it's cold as a mug down here, though. No beach for me. So, Doug, how about you, man? I heard you had a, a little experience this morning, a little Manny Petty action going on. Oh, you know, I had to get my hair did, bro. Yeah, I got to try you're... to look good for the for the viewers, man. I don't want them to think that I'm a bum or nothing. It's they got to. So what, well, what about what if ladies? somebody's listening? What about if somebody's listening to this on the audio version? What are you gonna do for them? Ah, uh, I might have to put on my deep raspy voice for them a couple okay, times in the show. Should... Show show them right now. Give 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 them your best deep raspy voice for the guys on the on the audio podcast. Hello guys, how's it going? <laughs> All right, if you got if you guys are listening to this on the audio podcast, <laughs> we need a thumbs up or a thumbs down. On what you think of that? Is Doug's deep raspy voice enough to keep you listening to this? <laughs> All right, so uh, so today's show really excited about the show. We're going to be going through the uh, the top running back performances for seasonal performances of all time in college fantasy. Um, we got a list of the top 500 that's going to populate onto the CFBDynasty.com list. We're obviously not going to be talking about 500, but that's a ton of awesome data that we had to be able to sift through. Um, we want you guys to make sure that you go and like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, to Discord, um, to TikTok. You're going to look for at CFBDynasty or at CFBDynasty underscore uh, because there's going to be some highlight packages that are going to be put up for some of these players. Uh, like I said, this is this is a going to be a fun fun podcast. Um, I know for me, when we looked through the list, the thing that was most surprising to me was seeing how many guys on this running back list, as opposed to, to the pros where you, you could, you could follow the top quarterbacks trajectory to the next level. There were so many guys on this list that once they got done with college, you never heard their name again. That's the thing that surprised me. Doug, what about you? Man, I was surprised that the King, the top dog on the list is only on there one time. I can't wait to be able to tell people what that top dog is. We're going to get to that later. BMAC, what about you, man? Oh, it's just a blast seeing all these old names from from childhood, really, that you just kind of watch and you you look back at, you see how the running game has changed where, uh, and we'll see it where it's not workhorse running backs like it used to be when I was young. And I miss that. Like I, I think about, you know, just the Thanksgiving and, and watching you know, some of the backs that are on this list. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah. And the thing that I, that I thought was, was neat, uh, like you just said, uh, looking at how few guys in the, in the last say five to eight years made the list. Cause exactly like you said, you could be a school like Alabama that has got a ton of amazing running backs, but you've just got workhorse after workhorse after workhorse that you can put in and they can share carries. Yep. Um, so they don't need to be like some of the guys that we have at the top of the list. Um, but before we get to the list, we've got two awesome things also happening in the sports world right now. We got March Madness that just started and uh, NFL free agency, the tampering period. What do you guys think about the tampering period? Should teams be able to go out and negotiate on Sunday or Monday with a guy, make an agreement with a contact or uh, with a 
with a for a contract and then not sign them to Wednesday, or should they just be able to start signing these guys on Wednesday? What I do you see think you about with that? the the Dolphins gear on? Like, I feel like it's a, is this a Dolphins like segment here because they're the ones who had the illegal tampering, illegal tampering, which tampering and to me, uh, as a word, just it feels illegal. Uh, so come up with a better name, like uh, whatever. Uh, initial negotiation period or whatever. <laughs> um, but it's fun. It's fun. I just saw like breaking news that the, the jets are, are working on a deal with Donald driver. So that's pretty cool. And the, uh, and the, uh, the bucks literally, as we just started the bucks signing Baker Mayfield. <laughs> if the, if the pack, if the jets and, and Rogers brought back Donald driver from like Madden 2004, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I think that'd be, I think that'd be amazing. I was like, I was like, I'm not even going to react to this Donald driver comment. <laughs> See how many people actually were like, Don, who Donald driver, junior Donald driver, the fifth. <laughs> and then uh, Mike said, March Madness, the first four games started yesterday. Yeah. Had some interesting, interesting basketball games already yesterday. If that's, if that's the way that, uh, that the tournament's going to be, I can't wait for this, uh, for this, this March Madness tournament. Cause it's going to be last night's games were both great. And um, we'll just have to see. I'm hoping for that five o'clock or four o'clock on Friday game to not suck. Uh, we'll see if NC State can uh, can get past Creighton, but uh, a lot of people are uh, are not giving with the Wolfpack a chance. Not giving I, the Wolfpack a chance. I have there. watched all of zero basketball and or college basketball. I used to be such a big college basketball guy. It just it just fell off hardcore. And I wasn't going to do a bracket until uh, our friends at Late Kick launched a, a bracket challenge with a chalice on the line. So I was like, all right, I gotta, gotta give this, give this a go. And And if you guys, yeah. So sorry. If you, if you guys know, if you guys know BMAC at all, you know, we're going back to 1980 on this list when it comes to the uh, running backs. But, uh, but if you go back in BMAC's history, BMAC was a basketball guy first. Mm -hmm. BMAC was basketball first and then football second. So to hear BMAC talk about basketball fell off the, off the, the, the cliff for him. I don't even know who this guy is anymore, man. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. Yeah. What so you from a from a watching standpoint, though, it's always been football first. I was always like before kids. Obviously, I had more time to dedicate to just uh, you know watching every season, and you know when I was little, playing every season of video game, even NHL. But uh, I got less time these days, and and college football year round is is mostly what I care about with some some golf mixed in. Well, and I think probably part of the reason too for BMAC to have basketball kind of fallen off is because we used to play head to head all the time and I would whip his butt pretty much yeah. every game that we ever played is kind of how I want to remember it. Yep. That you just could never best me. Um, <laughs> Doug, what do you think of that? Do you think that that's the truth? And you think that I'm completely talking oh, bullcrap right now? I've only seen Brian play basketball, so I'm going to have to go with bullcrap. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> I can tell you this much. I can tell you this much. There was a yearly tradition that used to happen with us where we'd go out there to play and BMAC would make some kind of garbage comment like, man, I'm totally out of form. I haven't picked up the basketball in like six months. I'm going to be awful. And then you get out on the court and he makes some of the most nonsensical shots. Shots are when they're made just piss you off that somebody could make a shot. Could be like, I'm going to try to go full windmill and I'm going to try and spin it off the top corner of the backboard, nothing but the bottom of the net. And you're like, and you're like, and this is a guy that hasn't touched the basketball in a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Ancient I played history. with him a couple of times on a, on Monday night, and then I realized how out of shape I was, and that my feet and legs hurt for like three weeks. So I was like, I'm done with this. <laughs> but um, you know, 
it kind of had a little uh, J.J. Redick feel with Brian. He just Ugh. passing the ball and the dude's draining a shot. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. You know, yeah, I didn't he, expect he, it to come from this guy, but there I'll, it was. I'll tell you, B-Mac back in the day was a force. But you know what? Also, B-Mac was a force back in the day, just like some of these running backs we're going to be talking about are a force day somebody's got to segue us back into form here thank yeah. you boom how you like that for a segue hey like that like for it. a segue i like it so uh so this week we're going to do things a little bit differently uh than we did last week we're actually going to go straight to the list and instead of talking about some of the questions after we look at the list or before we can just kind of talk about some of our thoughts as we get to this list because there's so much we can talk about so um before we get to the top 25 bmac you brought up earlier um how many guys made the list, but were so far down the list seasons that really surprised you that didn't come anywhere near the top. So why don't we start there? Why don't we start there with some of the guys that, that you were just blown away? Didn't even sniff the top of our list. All right. So blown away. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it, it was cool seeing Marcus Lattimore still on the list, you know, in our dynasty league, he's one of the guys I drafted him as a freshman, Loved watching, uh, you know, those those South Carolina teams play at Alshon Jeffrey, I think, as well. And uh, Lattimore was just incredible, had, you know, NFL potential ahead of him and ended up with the major, major knee injury. But, yeah, 19 total touchdowns. He comes in at number 461. So, you know, probably in the next uh, five, six years from now, he won't be on this list anymore. But um 22 almost 22 and a half fantasy points per game um and then the other one that was a little surprising just because i my like it was right around the marcus Lattimore area my recollection of him is not at purdue it's at the tampa bay bucks and kind of blocking for work done and whatnot mike allstott so he makes the list his 1994 year at purdue um Almost 1,200 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns, and uh, 22 fantasy points a game. I was, I was surprised to see Allstott on the list. Yeah, and you, before we came on the podcast, uh, you talked about some of the guys in recent memory. Um, for instance, you know, a guy that I was really high on all year, Israel Abanacanda. Uh, his past season only made 139 on the list. But then again, that's a pretty – amazing feat considering he pretty much only played half the year because of injuries uh and to have that kind of season and be at 139 and guys like you just said like Lattimore didn't even didn't even sniff the top 200 is, is surprises me and that Lattimore injury between him and Mackenzie Milton those were probably two of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen on the college football field so for him to even play a game ever again after that was huge both on my fantasy team yep <laughs> good times so uh, before we continue, real quick, if this is the first. Um, if this is the first time you're listening to one of these podcasts, especially one of these where we're going over the list. BMAC, why don't you tell them how CFBDynasty.com um, acquires the data, derives the data, and and how the the ranking uh, is formed? This is not a opinion ranking. This is a data that's, that's completely by the statistics. But what statistics are used and what is omitted to be able to get these rankings? Yeah, so we manually like gathered the data. Um, for at least the top 100, uh, most years it's the top 300 rushing seasons um, throughout the years, and that's from 1980 to current. And so then with that data, just create some formulas to calculate the fantasy points. So 
we're looking at one point for every 10 rushing yards, six points for a rushing touchdown, half point PPR, six points for a receiving touchdown, and one point for every uh, 10 receiving yards as well. So there, there's some people on this list um, that, you know, maybe weren't intended to be on the list. We do have some like minimum thresholds, right? Because this is ranked by fantasy points per game since, you know, back in the day they played whatever, eight, 11 games. Now they're playing, you know, 13, 14, 15. So um, it's to kind of mitigate that issue right there. So you'll see some receivers that hit the list, like Percy Harvin hits the list because he hit the rushing minimum thresholds in terms of carries or whatever. And um, certainly had a, a good chunk of his stats through uh, receiving as well, of course, as a wide receiver. Um, and then uh, just for some context, I threw in someone at the very bottom of the list, um, Lamar Jackson. So if you take away his passing data, uh Rushing stats only, he would have averaged 21.78 fantasy points per game in 2016. That's ridiculous. All right, that's some good stuff there, BMAX. So um, now let's get in. Let's start looking at, at uh, some of the, the things on the list. Um, we are going to uh, go just outside the top 25 real quick. If there's anybody that, that jumped out to you, say, Doug, um, outside the top 25, uh, is anybody you want to call out? Outside the top twenty-five, not so much, man. I'm just I can tell you focused the, on them twenty-five guys. One of the guys that, that really that that caused me some some fantasy football PTSD when we we're scrolling through the list. A name that I had blocked out of my mind is number fifty-seven, <laughs> Donald Buckram from UTEP. Uh, back in the day, I, uh, I I made a calculated error when it came to Donald Buckram. Took someone else. If I would have taken Donald Buckram at the time, we, we only have you know, limited number of pickups. I went back and calculated. I would have won the championship that year if I would have picked uh, up Donald Buckram. And uh, that's one of those things that just, you kind of just had to put him out of the list. But that just goes to show if Donald Buckram from UTEP could be number 57 on the list. And we just talked about how guys like Marcus Lattimore are in the 400s. Uh, that just shows how good of a season he had. And I screwed up. <laughs> Thanks a lot, UTEP. Never those been the, the same ones. since then. Yeah, those are the ones you never forget, man. What about you, BMAC? Anybody outside the top 25 that, that you were surprised or happy to see actually is is, is up there? Yeah. Um, a Pumphrey. Donald Pumphrey. Donnell Pumphrey. Um, let's see. What about Devin Singletary? That's like the first really, truly fantasy-relevant player from Florida Atlantic. Uh, he comes yep. in at number 36. Um, his 2017 season, he's one of the only guys that we talked about earlier, like within the last five to eight years, that actually makes the list. Uh, one of the first truly fantasy relevant guys, um, from Florida Atlantic University. Glad to see the, the fighting ground owls jumping up onto this list. Yeah, he was great. So, for Pumphrey, like he was the start, I think, of the San Diego State run at running back, which led to our guy at number 25 today, also. But Danelle Pumphrey. Uh, 2014, 15, 16, uh, respectively averaged 25, 24, and 25 fantasy points per game. Um, so <laughs> you gotta love having just a, a staple, and that's just easy to build around when you get a guy like that who's so consistent. 
All right, so BMAC, why don't you pull up the uh, why don't you pull up the top twenty five? We'll start with twenty five to twenty one. Let's make sure we get some twenty five to twenty one on here, and we'll take a look at these. Um, I mean, if you're if you're on the the audio podcast, you can just kind of envision it for yourself, or you can go to the cfbdynasty.com website and go to the um, go to the article section and go to the all times. You'll have the the tab there for top five hundred running backs. All right, I've got the screen shared now. So, um, yeah, our number 25 guy recently in the news just signed with Philly. We got Rashad Penny here, San Diego State, uh, 2017. Um, 2,200 rushing yards, 23 touchdowns. And, yeah, San Diego State had that run from Pumphrey all the way through Penny. And then we're still now trying to get San Diego State running backs. But now they just disappoint. So, 30 Point six fantasy points a game uh, that season. Um, but I know I'm supposed to kick it to somebody else, but I got to keep number 24 because uh, I'm, it's, it's kind of, I know the list, but it's revealing it live uh, one at a time. My boy still on my team, even though he doesn't have a team, Leonard Fournette, uh, LSU, I traded. So there's a guy in the office um, that was also in the league at the time. Doug has since taken over his franchise because of uh, political arguments that happened in our fantasy league slack and uh, should have squashed that long ago. But anyways, um, Leonard Fournette, I, when he was a freshman, I traded so much to get him, like probably four picks. Um, I don't know. For whatever reason, it's one of those things where it's like he's a I just got to have him guy. And I hate LSU. I'm a Gator fan. So anyways, he was so much fun. Also so consistent. It didn't matter the defense he was going against. He was just a hammer in that offense. 23 total touchdowns, 2,200 yards. He averaged 30.68 fantasy points a game. All right, Matt, now that I've taken two. That's all right. Scroll all the way up to 21. Scroll all the way up to 21. We'll take all three. So yeah, so uh, Boise State comes in at 22 and 23. Um, we won't reveal who's up higher on the list, but one of the inter- interesting things about this list is Boise State is the only school to put more than two guys in the top of the list. Boise State has three guys in the top 25. That just shows you how uh, consistent they are. I know Bray- BMAC mentioned uh, San Diego State earlier, but how consistent Boise State is with putting out solid running backs. Um, so in fantasy, uh, Boise state is a school you always want to be looking at because they just seem historically to, um, put guys out there. Um, and not just in college, they put guys onto the next level too. That doesn't mean that they're going to be, um, ultra stars, but, uh, there's, there are always going to be guys from Boise that are going to have, uh, have some kind of role in the NFL, um, that are running backs. Uh, Jeremy McNichols, uh, he was, he was probably with the third or fourth in the most recent run. Um, and, uh, actually was, like I said, a great guy, Boise state Brock Forsey is somebody that, you know, kind of before our time, uh, when it comes to college fantasy, there wasn't a, we weren't even playing college fantasy at that point, but that was when, uh, when Boise finally started making some national noise, um, Doug, I'm going to steal this number 21, but I am going to have you pronounce his name. 21's name. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I lost my screen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was perfect go excuse. With Sean Tate. All right, good. So now if we met, we messed the name up, we're going to blame it on Doug. That's what we're going to roll with. So 
one of the other things, like I said at the beginning, that really surprised me is how many guys that did absolutely nothing outside of college are on this list near the top. With Sean Tate, as Doug says, I never even heard of him. Never even heard of Sean Tate. I'm not afraid to admit, but it's also 1995. But I don't know if he ever made it to arena football. I don't know. If you guys are a fan of Toledo and you got some, some insight on what happened with Sean Tate, go to the Discord, whatever, let us know. Um, it's just amazing to think that this guy is this high up on the list. 2,000 yards rushing. Yeah, 2,000 yards. total, sorry, total rushing or total yards. Yeah, never even heard of this guy. He averaged almost <laughs> 180 yards a game rushing that season. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, so I'm going to kick it back over to you guys. So let's go to the next the next list. I think uh, we could go from 16 to 20 all at the same time because then we start getting into some big names. Oh man, oh, big names right there. So what what about you, Doug? You want to take you want to take the start first comment on a 16 through 20? Um, I'll I'll chat about Larry Johnson a little bit. Went to Kansas City. Um, was primed to have you know a really good NFL career. Um, I believe knee injuries and a head injury cut his career short in the NFL, but was a lot of fun to watch in college for Penn State. Um, just a bruising running back, like some of these guys on this list that we're going to talk about next. But, I mean, Eddie George, probably one of my favorite running backs to watch growing up. Um, hated him for the fact that he played against the Jaguars because I'm a huge Jaguar fan. But, man, I love to watch that guy run the football. Um I'll kick it to you, B, to talk about some of the other ones, but I wanted to mention Eddie George for sure because he was one of my favorites to watch as a kid growing up. Yeah, yeah. B, take that take that next one, B, since you're on the San Diego State running back kick, and I'll, I'll jump to the 17. Yeah, Eddie George, that was his Heisman year, 95. Freaking incredible year um, at Ohio State, of course. Ohio State, by the way, they're, they're one of the top schools. So if you're looking at who's RBU from this list, we can talk about that next. Uh, Marshall Falk, uh, number 18, San Diego State, 1993 season. Um, you know, you remember him from the the great, greatest show on turf. Is that it, Matt? Is that the right? Yeah, name? absolutely. Greatest Toronto show on turf. Teams. That's right. Yeah, greatest show yep. on turf. Like 21 rushing touchdowns for Falk and only three receiving touchdowns that year. And if you remember those other years, uh, if you had them on your NFL team, which I did, um, man, he caught so many balls and he was so great out of the backfield for Kurt, Kurt Warner and them. But uh, yeah, 32.08 fantasy points per game for Marshall Falk out of the whack. So next on the list, I actually contemplated wearing – my Jay Ajayi, Boise State jersey, which, <laughs> fast fact, I'm a North Carolina State Wolfpack fan. The only jersey I own that is not NC State is a Jay Ajayi, Boise State jersey because I was I was an absolute fan of Jay Ajayi at Boise State that season. He absolutely dominated the Mountain West. And I remember where I was when the Dolphins drafted him with one of their multiple fifth-round picks. I was actually driving to Stevie B's Pizza Place in Ocala and I remember when I remember listening on the on the radio and uh, I, I freaking screamed as loud as I could because I was like one of my favorite guys in college just got drafted by my favorite pro team. Um, JHI always had bad knees. He did not last very long in the pros, but even when he was with the Dolphins, he still did some good stuff. Yeah, he but uh, he's he, yeah, he's uh, one of those guys that actually translated well from college to the pros. Uh, just didn't last in the pros for very long. 
But uh, there's another one of those guys from Boise State. So we've seen 17, 22, and 23 all Boise State guys. So that, that's like that's why we're saying that's a school you want to always be looking for. If you're in the league I play in, forget about Boise State. You don't want them. Uh, <laughs> find somebody else. I'll draft the Boise State guys and take them off your hands. You know, that's <laughs> how I feel when, when I'm, we're working on the Debbie rankings and updating them all. Uh, last night, I did push that into the Discord. Debbie rankings, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, all finally updated. Anyways, uh, those are live on site and available with links in the Discord, too. I try and get all this stuff out, pushed out first in Discord before we share it. It'll be on Twitter eventually, I'm sure. But uh, LT, Ladanian Tomlinson out of TCU, comes in at number 16, one of my personal favorites. Um, you know, it started out in, uh, you know, Matt's league as a, like a three holdover league. And I had, I think, uh, I drafted him as a, as a rookie and uh, had him his whole career. So I, I loved watching him. Um, Baffle, the longest running, the longest running pro fantasy football league out there. Been running since 1996 consistently through. I wasn't the commissioner when it started, but I was the first champ. But uh, yeah, that was back in the day, back in Baffle. Yeah, man. But yeah, 2,100 rushing yards, 22 touchdowns. And he's another one who caught so many balls in the NFL. This was not what happened just this is the college game was so different back then even with your like elite like if you were to pick uh, a top five running backs all time in terms of uh effectiveness catching the ball marshall falk would be on your list lt would be on your list um they didn't catch the ball much in college then that's just uh the the way the game has changed but um Heavy running the ball still, 32 fantasy points a game for LT. Doug, I'll kick it to you. No, Matt, let me kick it to you. We got some uh, some of your favorite names here in this uh, right. next So group. we're going up, to, going up to – okay, the next group. All right, so I have 15 Keith Byers. So let me tell you, Keith Byers is very interesting to have on this list because Keith Byers historically was a fullback. When he played in the pros, he would line up as a fullback um, – Keith Byers originally went to the Eagles. Then he went to the Dolphins. Uh, Keith Byers was a part of one of the craziest Thanksgiving Day games of his in, in of all time. Uh, the Leon let that ball alone snow game oh, against the Cowboys. Okay, uh, Keith. Some of the highlights from that game. If you see the guy who scored the touchdown that does the, the snow angel in the ice, that's Keith Byers. Didn't know uh, that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Keith Byers, his big rumbling, stumbling style was great for that game. But uh, Keith Byers was just a beast everywhere he was at. Ohio State, um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins. Keith Byers was a, was an awesome, awesome player, would, a great personality. Would he have been the Finns running back, the Dolphins running back, uh, Tecmo Super Bowl years? No, I think I think he's. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. When when, when was Tecmo like Super Bowl? Like 90? I, I think I think Byers was uh, early nineties when he went to the Finns. Okay, all right. Yeah, because he started off. He started off with the Eagles. But um, but yeah, Keith Byers, um, BMAC had mentioned Mike Allstott earlier. Um, this is probably the highest up you're going to see a, a fullback or a guy historically was a fullback um, on this list. So that that's why I'm, I'm glad to see Keith Byers made it all the way up there. 1,700 rushing yards as a basically his uh, traditional fullback. Um, you know, 12 through 14, I'll take those only because 
they fit into my one category. We're going to just kind of basically just run by those really quick guys yep. that did nothing outside of a, uh, outside of the college game guys that were well, really big in college. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess 12, you can take that back, but Garrett yes, Wolf yeah. from Northern mm-hmm, Illinois, sure. uh, Troy Davis, Iowa state did nothing outside of their college, but look at Garrett Wolf, nine games season. They played nine games, 1,580 yards. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, BMAC, what do you think about number 12? You want to take him, Doug? You want to take number 12, Matt Forte, old Bears running back? Uh, Bears. Yeah, he had a uh, good, good, good NFL season. Short run, but it was a really good one. Um, but yeah, we can move on to your boy at number 11. Yeah, number 11. My boy Ricky Williams, I can tell you Ricky Williams, again, one of my favorite uh, favorite college players of all time. I remember him just running roughshod all over uh, all over uh, the Big 12 back in the day. Uh, Ricky Williams was also famous for uh, the Mike Ditka. I would give up my entire draft uh, to draft Ricky Williams, and then he legitimately did give up the entire draft for Ricky Williams. And I know, I know that Doug is uh, probably a little bit jealous of Ricky. Because he's the one that got to pose on the Sports Illustrated cover in the actual bride's dress mm. with Mike Ditka. He was not Nicely a bridesmaid. Thank done. you, sir. Boom. He was not a bridesmaid. He was the bride on that cover. Um, I, there has been some big trades, a, big, uh, a lot of people trading a lot of draft picks. But that trade basically showed that uh, you don't want to go giving up an entire draft for a single player. Um, even though we've had some huge drafts, uh, you know, draft pick trades in recent years, um, it just didn't work out for the Saints the way that they wanted it to to give up their entire draft and more just to get the one play. But this, uh, this is Heisman year, I believe, '97. Ricky Williams. Yeah, I think so. Eleven games, almost 1,900 yards, and uh, a little birdie told me this might not be the last time we see Ricky Williams on this list. So why don't we why don't we scroll on up? All right. Here we go. All right. So, uh, BMAC, I'm going to let you take nine, but we got uh, a couple of guys on this list. Kevin Smith, number seven from UCF. Anthony Thompson, number 10 from Indiana. Once again, guys that had great years in college, did not translate over to the pros. So if you're in a college to pro league, you're very disappointed that these guys did not do anything for you outside of the college game. Um, Mike Rozier from Nebraska. Uh, one of those guys that uh, actually went and made his name by playing in the USFL. He played in the original incarnation of the USFL and uh, did nothing in the NFL, but was one of those guys that was the top dog, one of the top dogs uh, coming from Nebraska into the USFL. But he played for Nebraska back when they were the big eight. So uh, Brian left a couple names off the list. My, or Doug left a couple names off the list, the bigger games. Why don't you guys take those? Number sure. six and number nine. Sure, six. So at number nine, Monte Ball, Wisconsin. Um, and Melvin Gordon was number six at Wisconsin. <clears throat> Wisconsin has been the one of those throwback teams where they have the single running back all the way up through Jonathan Taylor, and you can kind of finally things are going to shift around where they come into uh, present day where they're going to pass it around a little bit more under the new uh, coaching staff. But, um, yeah, they've had an amazing run of – fantasy running backs it's always like a battle to see all right when one of these guys leaves like a monte ball or a melvin gordon who's the next guy gonna be and of course all of them that are in uh in the running are worthy of getting drafted in a scenario like that but yeah both so monte ball 1900 yards 
39 touchdowns uh, for a total of 33.5 fantasy points per game. Melvin Gordon had only 32 touchdowns, but 2,587 yards. That's like, that's just ridiculous. Um, That's on the ground, 2,700 yards total. So, Doug, you've only been playing college fantasy for, what, four years now. And what we're talking about Wisconsin historically is not what you've seen uh, when it comes to Wisconsin. What do you think about Wisconsin? Do you Are you like, hey, I, I target Wisconsin? Or are they just like one of those schools to you as a new player in college fantasy? Um, so I've only been around the college fantasy game for, you know, four years. I am familiar with college fantasy or and college football in general. Wisconsin, I o- I've always known them produce to produce really good running backs, but right now they're not a school that I target, to be honest with you, because I don't even know what identity they carry anymore. Yeah, well, let me let me educate you real quick. So let's go to the so who is RBU for for this list and fantasy purposes uh, since 1980. So um, tied at ninth is Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Um, and then there's a four-way tie there for fifth with Northern Illinois, Boise State, Alabama, and Navy. And then we have a two-way tie at number three with San Diego State and Toledo. Ohio State comes in at number two. And old Wisconsin coming in at number one. But I do uh, think that I do think that Doug, though, has a good point, though, because for somebody like myself and BMAC that have played for a while – we might get stuck in thinking about where Wisconsin has been in the past yeah, and always trying to find that guy, Doug, as a newer player to the league. He's like, dude, since I've been in, Wisconsin's just been a school. If yep. you went back and re-ran the, the RBU for the last four years, I would bet Wisconsin is not even going to make the list. Maybe they're, maybe they're there, but maybe in the top 40. It's just in the last four day, years. Uh, present day scar tissue for you on this one too, huh? Oh yeah, well, and, and you too, and you too, because we we both uh, we both went and tried to pick a running back that was going to be the guy. And I remember I picked the guy that was that ended up becoming the starter. And we all thought that, oh man, this is going to be great. And you, your guy was not going to do good. And then my guy sucked as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, so let's see. So I guess we're now down to the top five. So let's just go one at a time here. So uh, top five. First one, Luke Staley for Brigham Young. Uh, Brigham Young puts a lot of guys statistically out there. I think that uh, one of the problems of Brigham Young, and we might see this change now they're going to become a member of the Big 12, is that Brigham Young being an independent is not Notre Dame is an independent. Notre Dame is an independent, and they are always scheduling incredible competition. Uh, BYU, think back to uh, the COVID year when everybody just had to like figure out what their schedule was going to be and everybody kind of consolidated who they were going to play. Notre Dame was able to play an ACC schedule. Brigham Young had to just play whoever they could get. And they played basically group of five schools the whole year. I think their, their toughest game was coastal Carolina, which they lost. Yep. Um, so Brigham Young, a lot of times is known for playing a little bit weaker competition. Um, so they're able to put up a lot of stats. That being said, not trying to take anything away from Brigham Young. They just always have an offense that puts, big numbers out there, but there's a guy, Luke Staley, top five season all time that uh, was unable to do anything, have it translate to the next level. All right. Let's, 
Let's go. Let's let's stick with you, Matt, on number sure. four. I remember his NFL days, but uh, yeah. I can tell you, Marcus Marcus Allen. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, back in the day, back in the deep, deep, deep day, BMAC was probably not even a glimmer in uh, in his parents' eyes at this point. But um, back in the day, I was equally a Miami Dolphin fan and a Los Angeles Raiders fan. Um, oh. oh yeah, oh. back back uh, I was I was a huge fan of the Raiders back in the day uh, when I played football. Uh, which I didn't play a whole lot, but what I did, um, I was a huge fan of the late 70s, early 80s um, cornerback duo, probably the greatest cornerback duo ever, Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes. And uh, that got me becoming a fan of the Raiders back then. And so um, I remember Marcus Allen playing for USC, Marcus Allen getting drafted to the Raiders and being the uh, the MVP of Super Bowl was at Super Bowl 18 against the Redskins. Nobody gave the Raiders any chance. Um, but everybody expected that hometown boy, Marcus Allen, who went to USC was going to do great in the pros. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, hall of famer, amazing running back back when it was the pac 10 12 game season back then 2,427 yards, which is insane, yeah. insane for a guy back in that day uh, to put that many yards up because you only had a 12 game season. You had 11 games and then a bowl game. Yep. And that was it. So 2,400 yards back in that day was unbelievable. But Marcus Saad, one of those guys that had an amazing career that translated from great college uh, up to the pros. Uh, BMAC, going to throw it back over to you for uh, for number three. Yeah, number three was Rashawn Salam out of uh, Colorado. So I remember him. Um, just a, a great, great running back. And this is Colorado coming out of a stretch. This is only a few years removed from their last national championship. Uh, I believe in 1990, um, but whatever, 24 <clears throat> touchdowns, 35 and a half fantasy points per game. Um, Matt, I'll kick it to you for number two. Number two. I feel like we already talked about him once, but that's because we did talk about him once. The only guy to have two seasons in the top 15 or so, uh, only got to be on this list multiple times, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams, again, you just can see historically – um, that, that he was consistent. Doug, you brought up a stat about Ricky earlier um, about his, his consistency. Oh, I did? You did. You I said don't he was even at, remember. You said Ricky was uh, – that uh, he was on this uh, four times. You said you oh, saw Ricky's right. name on yep. there four times. Four times. Yeah, very, very few running backs, if at all, are going to be on this list four times. And we, we didn't go back and, and, and look at in the top 500 how many guys are on it four times, but I would – I would dare say that Ricky might be the only guy on the list for consent four times. I saw unreal. I saw one more. Who's that? Ball? Ron Dane. Oh, Dane. Yeah. Ron Dane, Wisconsin guy. That doesn't surprise yep. me at all. Doesn't surprise me at all. Mm. But uh, this season is obviously because it's higher up on the list is better than the season that he had um, that, uh, that we talked about at 11. I mean, imagine- William- oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. Imagine having a guy scoring 38 fantasy points per game for you at running back. But the next guy, the next one is insane. (laughs) Well, yeah, Ricky, Ricky Williams, like I said, unbelievable, unbelievable talent in college, unbelievable talent in the pros. Some of the best, most fun games I've ever saw. I ever saw were watching Ricky Williams play both in college and in the pros. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my guy to talk about at two and eleven. Doug, we're kicking it to you for number one because you you not notated this right off the jump. Who is at number one, and and what's the thing you notated that was great about him? So 
with Barry Sanders from Oklahoma State being at number one, averaging almost 46 fantasy points a game, 45.9. The crazy thing about Barry Sanders is he's only on this list once. One time, and it's number one, and it's not even a close margin. Like, he blew everybody away. I mean, he's averaged seven, almost eight points more than number two. That's, that's stupid. That's insane. It's got to be the best fantasy season of all time. Got to oh, yeah. be. We went, we uh, went back. We went back when Doug uh, pulled that up. We're like, is there a problem with the numbers? And we started looking and we were like, yeah, he had two very pedestrian seasons his freshman and sophomore year and then just went absolutely intergalactic. So in I that do. Eye. Yeah, and I do list it out. So if you want to take a look at his game-by-game stats from that 1988 season, it's listed out right ahead uh, or right on top of this. But I'll give it to you for you guys who are listening in. Uh, 18 attempts, 178 yards, um, and two touchdowns rushing, which included an 89-yard rushing touchdown. And he returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Um, That's just uh, week one. And then we go... 20 carries against Texas A&M for 157 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, also added a punt return touchdown. And then against Tulsa, uh, 33 carries, 304 yards, five touchdowns. Um, And then uh, at Colorado, really good team at that point, 24 carries, 174 yards, four touchdowns. Nebraska 37 or sorry 35 carries 189 yards four touchdowns against Missouri 25 carries 154 yards two touchdowns what, what, a, what a terrible what a terrible game right there too he that his worst game of the year yeah he could only get a paltry 154 yards rushing man they and really then, shut him down and then listen to this so at Kansas State 37 carries 320 yards three touchdowns next game. 39 carries, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Then against Kansas, 37 more carries, 312 yards, and five more touchdowns. Um, And then against Iowa State, 32 more carries, 293 yards, four touchdowns. And then uh, December 3rd against Texas Tech in Tokyo. Interesting. 44 more carries. 332 yards and four touchdowns. Um, that's crazy. And then not even counted would be the bowl game where he goes 29 carries, 222 yards, and five more touchdowns. Also completed one of two passes. And I think that also shows how different society is now than it was then. Who in their right mind is going to throw a game in Tokyo on December 3rd, the day <laughs> of the Heisman Trophy? Got it listed there. He got the Heisman Trophy the day of the game. So uh, <laughs> nowadays you're going to be getting guys are all going to be going to um, the downtown athletic center and they're all going to be there and make a big deal about it. Interviews. Dude wasn't even in the country <laughs> when he won the Heisman Trophy. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. What a season. I posted a highlight video. If you haven't seen it for whatever reason, that 1998 or 1988 season. Oh, you got to just go there. Go to the post, running back, all-time rankings. Check it out. It's it's ridiculous. And we'll be posting, like Matt talked about in the beginning of the show, like we posted Lamar Jackson, some highlights on TikTok. We'll be sharing it on YouTube shorts and uh, Instagram. But Barry Sanders is coming up right after that, too. 
So, uh, all right. So that's the entire list. That's what we got to talk about today. Um, we do have some other things you want to call. We took a few other notes. Doug, is there anything that we notated that we did not call out when we looked through the list, but you want to make sure that we point out guys that you had that were on your team, guys that were your childhood, uh, guys you were fans of that you were glad to see make the list? Oh, man. Um, favorite players from my childhood. Like I said uh, before, Eddie George was one of them. Um, and then Marcus Allen, I was I was young, but – I remember watching him play because my mom was a Raider fan. So I remember watching him play with her. Um, Tiki Barber was another one that I enjoyed watching. And then, like I said, being a Jags fan um, and honestly a Florida fan, uh, Fred Taylor, one of my favorites to watch. He he came on the scene in Jacksonville and kind of helped set a staple for them and what people want out of their running back room, you know, as a Jags fan forever. It just it was Fred Taylor kind of set that for us. What about you, B-Mac? Um, so, Ladanian Tomlinson, um, <clears throat> loved watching him, you know, even at TCU before he um, came on at the, at, you know, the San Diego Chargers where everybody knew him. Uh, Barry Sanders, of course, yeah, like, just, I miss those uh, Thanksgiving Day games, honestly, with, with Barry Sanders and John Madden and Turducken and Brett Favre and uh, just some good, good times, good, uh, good memories, especially when they had the like blanked out um, old school helmets. Love that. Mm-hmm. Marshall Falk, of course. Um, uh, Edger and James is on the list. Like they, they were like early in my fantasy days. I remember, you know, getting them and uh, like little holdover leagues or whatever, having Marshall Falk and Edger and James. So yeah. Uh, it's just fun seeing these names on the list and Fred Taylor too. Also, I was a Gator fan. It was before my, like, so I was, um, too young for Emmett Smith and Fred Taylor and Eric Rett were the first Gators that I really remember watching at running back. And, uh, Fred Taylor was, uh, was great. I like seeing, um, scrolling down the list. Bishop Sankey from Washington was at 95. He was incredible in college. Um, did not translate to a very good yards per carry average in the pros, but Bishop Sankey was, was a monster uh, for Washington. Um, pretty surprised. Did you guys see, uh, was Zeke on the list anywhere above 99? It looks like Ezekiel Elliott, 99 for Ohio State. Um, pretty timely considering they're talking about Zeke might be getting cut from the Cowboys right now today, the day we're recording this podcast. Amazing that a guy was unbelievable at Ohio State, a guy that was probably the number one pro fantasy pick in so many drafts over the years might be leaving the Cowboys now to go on to a, to probably not as greener pastures, probably weedy, you know, a little bit, you know, burnt from the temperature, you know, pastures because uh, you know, the Cowboys are going to probably be releasing him. But yeah, back in the day, Zeke was amazing. I thought I would have thought that Zeke would have been a little bit higher on the list. Uh, Chris Johnson, uh, barely uh, yeah. misses the top 100. Chris Johnson was unreal back for Eastern Carolina or for East Carolina back in the day. Um, let's see here. Kenyon Barner back when, Ohio, when uh, Oregon had the, the, the run, um, Michael James and Kenyon mm-hmm. Barner, they had tons of guys. Kenyon was a guy I had on my squad hung around in the pros basically as a punt returner and a kick returner for a long time. and never really did much as a running back. But yeah, just interesting to see in some of these guys. I mean, uh, I know we brought up uh, Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson doesn't even make it into the top 100, and he's had some amazing, amazing seasons. 
Yeah, and he's as close as we have now to a workhorse running back. They just don't get the touches. No, certainly not like Barry Sanders did. <laughs> Texas might so, have won a few more games, though, if they did. They Potentially, yes, for sure. <laughs> so if, if you guys weren't listening to the podcast and hear the podcast last week, BMAC, ask a question. <laughs> BMAC, why don't you ask that question again? And we'll see what we say. <clears throat> Uh, all right. Let's let's come up with a, a new way to phrase it. So so you're, let's go back to the Donald Driver joke. If you're Aaron Rodgers, right, and you're trying to get one guy on your team at running back that you're just gonna hand the ball off to to win you one game with your life on the line, who are you gonna recruit since he's recruiting all these old guys to come to his team or his new team? Like who who are you gonna recruit? to be that running back that belt. that is not named that's not That's named not Barry, Barry Sanders, Sanders right <laughs> I mean I'm gonna I'll go first just because I've got the easiest answer you guys are much much more fun answers but I'll go the easy way and that is I can't not take Ricky Williams Ricky Williams yep. consistent in college wearing his pro jersey right now consistent in college consistent in the pros um Actually, one of the reasons why he he left the pros why he left Dave Wonstead's office because he felt like he was used too much and he felt like he was just getting beaten down by getting so many carries every single game. But the fact of the matter was he was dominating people so every not, time he touched You're not worried them. about that pregame drug test at all? Not nowadays. We're, we're talking about, we're talking 2023, man. That's, that's okay. not going to be an issue. 2023, <laughs> not going to be an issue. We can have Ricky Williams in his prime, but, but time travel transport him to 2023. We're good to go. You're what about go, you? Right. What about you? Uh, let's go to BMAC first. I think, Doug, I think you probably have to come up with your, your one. But BMAC, who do you got? <laughs> All right. So not named Barry Sanders. Uh, I'm going to go with my my guy, LT, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. I think, um, you know, obviously if you need him to catch, he can catch. But on the ground, he was just unstoppable. One cut, multiple cut, and uh, – up to top speed in a hurry. I, I'd roll to the death if needed with LT. All right. What about you, Doug? So I was torn between two, um, and I went with one that probably isn't very likely for everybody else, but Jeremy McNichols out of Boise State. In his two years as the starter at Boise State, he averaged over 30 points a game fantasy-wise. Um, he was a receiving back as well, averaged – Five and, and a half yards of carry whenever he touched the rock. I mean, so I went with him over. I was going to pick Marshall Falk, but I went with somebody that, like I said, averaged in his two years as a starter over 30 points a game. I think you can't go wrong with either one of those. Jeremy McNichols coming out of that that Smurf turf, Smurf turf Boise State offense that uh, just churns out running backs. I mean, you still got uh, Alexander Madison in the pros right now. Um you know, so yeah, if you if you got Boise State and, and Jeremy McNichols, he he, and you've got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, I think the boy Jeremy McNichols is not a bad way to go, especially when you're talking based on college performance. Yeah, for sure. All right, BMAC, is there any uh, any news and notes or any CFBDynasty.com information that you want to be throwing at the listeners and the watchers before we head on out of here for the day? Uh, other than the the Debbie rankings that I mentioned earlier, so. If, you, if you're on the depth charts, which is not going to be free for much longer, um, that'll be just roped into the package of you know any of the plan that you, plans that you select on the site. Doug did get all of the running back ones in there 
Um, so behind the scenes, we're going through kind of ranking them all. We've got our top 50. If you guys reach out and want us to publish that, we can publish that now. But um, <clears throat> those are done and ready to go live. We'll have our teaser rankings um, coming up sometime soon. But uh, all of this stuff is exciting because you want to find the next guy that's going to make one of these lists. And we're, uh, we're alongside uh, with you trying to help uh, do that for our own teams too. So for those of you that are listening or watching that don't, that, that are, are not familiar with Debbie, why don't you guys explain what Debbie means? And then the second question, you guys can both take the questions and you can split them up. The first question is just explain to people what Debbie is and how different is it for you when you're creating the rankings to create seasonal rankings, dynasty rankings, and Debbie rankings, uh, what's the different processes there? Yeah, so basically, like, there, there's the standard redraft league, which is just, you know, a new player pool, fresh player pool every year, whatever. Um, and then there's the dynasty slash redraft style league, or not redraft, sorry, dynasty slash keeper league, where you just keep all your players or a certain number of your players from year to year. And then there's Devi, which is, uh, like, college to pro. Basically, this that's the pro potential version of the rankings that are there and live for you so if you're like uh whatever if you're a, a jets fan and you want to know what the top running backs are you know coming out next year that's a good list for you um if you're obviously in a dynasty or a devi league um you know those leagues are are right up or those rankings are right up your alley so what, what about you doug what do you think about when you're because if you're there putting the rankings together and you're helping bmac get the, the cfb dynasty uh, dot com back in together. Um, what's the different thought process that you have to look at when you're putting these these different rankings together? Oh man, um, it's a lot that goes into it. Um, Brian and I have had some discussions about where we're putting people. Um, you know, if we agree or not. There's there's disagreements, and I'll I'll tell you that for sure. Um, but the consensus is, you know, just like Brian said, trying to find that that guy that is going to propel your college team and potentially be, you know, the next Barry Sanders in the pros. And, and it's so hard. I mean, you look at the conference they're in, you look at the teams they play against, you look at did this guy have just a great offensive line and he's kind of a mediocre running back. I mean, there's so much to look into, but that's part of this process that makes this so fun. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the fun part too is, you know, the discussions behind the scenes between BMAC and I on, who we agree with, who we think should be where, because um, everybody's opinion is going to be a little bit different, but there's a lot that goes into it. And, and I think it's always tough too, because you're like guys in college, you might be like, man, this guy's going to be a, this guy's going to be a, a blue chipper. There's no doubt this guy's going to be good. And I guarantee you that everybody we just talked about in the top 25 at those top 25 seasons, somebody thought they were going to be, there was going to be some mileage out of them when they get to the pros. I doubt you were going to see, um, some of those guys that weren't going to have be on a, on a Debbie list at some point, if there was a Debbie list, even back in the day that, um, so, uh, it's interesting how the, the, the process, the analytics, um, I'm sure that the search analytics back end that you, uh, that, that is built is helping you guys to be able to, uh, to put some of this, this data to, to best use, uh, which is pretty cool being a data, a data company, and then being able to utilize probably some of those tools from, from the data company on this kind of data, Probably, probably helps to be able to uh, weed out some of those guys that may get have a great college year, but not be somebody that's going to actually go to the pros. Um, do you th do you feel like your tools have uh, 
have improved over time there, BMAC, being able to try to, to really pinpoint the guys that are going to be really good on the Debbie side? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, this doesn't correlate to Debbie uh, necessarily, but it'll be good for every single league when we have the new tools that launch. Um, you know, it's going to be around August, so we're not going to do like a big uh, presentation or, or a lot of marketing behind it, but uh, they're going to be super cool, um, like top of the line tools that uh, we don't have currently in college fantasy. All right, guys. Well, unless you have something else that you want to talk about, I think it's time to end this podcast, get back on with our day. Remember what BMAC said. Get your butts over to YouTube, to TikTok, to Discord. Look for at CFB Dynasty or at CFB Dynasty underscore. You need to like, subscribe, follow, share, all that good stuff. But most importantly, on the Discord, we want you guys to go up there and be a part of the community. We want to hear what you guys are thinking we want to hear your thoughts, especially agree and disagree. Obviously, you can't disagree with the stats that we've provided, but you could agree or disagree on the ones that we called out about, uh, you know, a guy didn't really have much of a pro potential. Maybe a guy went to the CFL and did great there, and we just didn't realize it. Maybe a guy became an arena football league player and uh, and had a great career there. Let us know your thoughts. Do you think that, uh, that, that you know, there are some, some guys that we called out that we shouldn't have or vice versa? Um, you know, but definitely become a part of the community. The community during the season is great, especially when, uh, when people are asking about their, their lineup choices, you know, I've got to pick three of these four wide receivers, or what do you think about this trade? But you got to be a part of that community. Uh, let's develop that thing now in the off season. So that way it's a big, huge community during the season. So we can have a lot of fun there. I can. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, so Doug, anything else you want to say before we head on out of here? No, nah, man, just hope you guys have a good day and everybody listening and watching. Man, have a good week. And like we said, subscribe to our channels, man. If you know people, have them subscribe too. Even if they don't listen yet, they might hear something that catches their ear and they might start listening and get as big into this as we all are. Yeah, I think we're like right around 100 subscribers on YouTube. That'd be a great initial thing. For you to, you know, go, whatever, take your mom's phone, also subscribe from her phone. She won't know, and it'll help us out. Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll be back next week with the uh, what you would expect is the logical progression in this. The top probably 500 wide receiver seasons yep. of all time. I think that one's going to be great because wide receiver more than quarterbacks or running backs. We're going to see a ton of dudes that probably did nothing outside <laughs> of college. Um, and probably some other guys that did amazing, but I think wide receiver more than running back and quarterback, you're going to see a lot more movement in there as guys that were college only compared to the pros. Cause that's probably the most difficult position to translate, um, from the college game to the program. So I can't wait to get to that list. I know BMAC and Doug feel the same way. Uh, we're so thankful for you guys listening to the podcast and watching this on the different channels. Uh, we will see you guys next week. This is Matt Knowles for Doug Gravely at BMAC. See you guys. See y'all.